a disaster. There's a disaster in mass education. It's been there for a long time. It's gotten much worse in the last 15 years. Uh, but even back 50, 60 years ago, it was a disaster. And why is this true? Someone said it was true, but is it really true? And then they start looking for reference points. And this is the development of critical thinking. Especially with the increase in technology and all the tools we have, we should be able to increase our educational capacity, not decrease it. Welcome back to the Purple Political Podcast. I'm your host, Rintel Lewis. We are back with another episode. A little caveat, I did mess up in terms of technical you know, recording stuff. So my last episode got completely scratched. So I'm making sure that this doesn't happen this time, of course. So today we're going to be talking about episode number 14. And we have a conversation regarding the importance of critical thinking and education and the value of something known as algebra victory. And my guest is going to dive into what that is and why it can be a valuable asset in society currently. So before we dive into that, I'm going to be reading off a review of the podcast to get some feedback, critical feedback, whether it's positive or negative. So today's review was uh, indicated that I love news podcasts. This one is more commentary on the news. While I didn't agree with everything, I appreciate the look into other people's opinion. So appreciate that uh, review, of course, and that's what we try to do, have different opinions, really dive into the nitty gritty of the uh, solutions that we're discussing uh, without letting, you know, other kind of, you know, biases kind of, uh, you know, shadow our thinking. So with that said, we're going to be diving right into it. I have my guest here, Mark Emerson, and I'm going to allow him to introduce himself and tell him what uh, what he's about. Hi, Riddell. Thanks for having me on your show. It's an honor to be here. Uh, And um, uh, I'm uh, an expert math teacher. People call me the best math teacher in America. I really know what I'm doing. And it has been my life goal to solve what I'll call a disaster. There's a disaster in math education. It's been there for a long time. It's gotten much worse in the last 15 years. Uh, But even back 50, 60 years ago, it was a disaster. We'll talk a little bit about what that means uh, on the show here. And my goal is to fix that. That's a big job. It's a big, tall order. Um, the problem is very big. And the to solve the problem will be of tremendous benefit to children and to our entire society. And, um, and then I want to put a word out to your listeners, your viewers, that I need help. And there's seven ways people can help with Algebra Victory, and I want to talk about that. And I'll talk about how Algebra Victory, when we teach algebra well, and kids actually learn it, then they develop um, logical and critical thinking skills. And they learn to think for themselves, uh, rather than getting habituated to, well, whatever the authority says, whatever the teacher says, whatever the... Uh, the the news people say or the politicians say that must be what the truth is, and that is a big problem right now. In fact, it's the biggest problem in the world, perhaps. So uh, this is my way of battling against the the dark side is to build algebra victory. So algebra victory will be taught online, and it's my masterpiece. I'm taking everything I know and uh, and and building it into a a beautiful online system that's going to launch in the fall of this year. And uh, so there's my intro. We can take it wherever you want to go. 
All right, excellent, excellent. Um, for the most part, I very much agree to that sentiment that in terms of students that they are losing the sense of critical thought and being able to critically think about different topics uh, instead of getting like force fed it from different sources, whether that's higher education teachers, professors, whether that's social media, media, or, you know, some other higher authority. Uh, people should be able to think for themselves and correctly analyze different things. And I'm curious to see how you believe algebra can be a gateway to such things. So to kind of really start off the conversation, can you tell us what algebra victory is and why it will be useful for, you know, students uh, in learning these skills? Oh, this, is, this, is a, this is a lot to see. Those are two big questions. Let's take them one at a time. So uh, algebra victory is a first year algebra course. And it's important to understand the educational context here. Before we learn algebra, we need to learn arithmetic. And uh, when students enroll in algebra victory, it's an online course, which we're going to initially market to homeschoolers. Homeschool is very large now and is growing quickly. And homeschool parents don't have any good choices for algebra. This is way, way better than anything that's out there. And I have lots of parents who are already clamoring. They, they're ready to enroll, but we're not ready to enroll them yet. So um, the uh, uh, arithmetic is necessary first. So students have to pass an admission exam in arithmetic before they can enroll. But I have to, a little more to say about that. We'll talk about the arithmetic angle a little later. Um, and then, the algebra course happens, and after that will be other courses we will develop later, starting with geometry and higher uh, math courses after that. Now, the thing is, it's important to understand that uh, algebra is hard. It's much harder than arithmetic. There are millions and millions of people who are able to learn arithmetic, and there are tens of thousands of elementary school teachers, and there are many good books Although it's been polluted in the last few years, instead of teaching the children how to multiply, they're teaching about how to think about whether they're going to switch their gender. But um, so, but the, the way to teach it is out there, and many people learn the arithmetic. Uh, but then they run into a brick wall with algebra. Actually, I call it a mountain. I call it algebra mountain because it gets much harder. And there are, I, would, I like to divide the population into three groups. I'll call them the, uh, the math smart 10%, the middle 80%, and the low IQ 10%. Now, the kids in the math smart 10%, they're able to learn the algebra. They may have a hard time if they have an okay teacher that can probably learn it. Although with Common Core and some of the stuff that's going on now, even they may have difficulty. If we just went back 15 years, they'd be okay. Then, now, the low IQ 10%, these kids have intellectual disabilities, and they shouldn't even be taking algebra. It's not appropriate. But the middle 80%, which is the vast majority of people, average, above average, below average, just your, your, your typical people, um, these people take algebra, and they wipe out. And I'm sure some of your listeners can identify with this. Um, it's hard. And... The one and the one and, and many many teachers try to teach them, but they don't know how. So the, the way to teach it is the, the trick, and that's what I'm an expert at. 
pardon me. So with um, algebra victory, they will succeed at algebra. Now, uh, to get to your second question, I have plenty more to say about all that. To get to your second question, um, when I teach them the algebra, uh, they are learning a complex set of skills. There, there are just thousands of concepts, facts, and skills that they have to learn, and they have to integrate. It all has to fit together uh, in fascinating ways. And when they actually learn that, they see this system that works so beautifully. Um, this is a tremendous, a tremendous learning experience for them. Now, another thing that happens when I'm teaching, when I'm showing the students what's going on in the algebra, I'm teaching a concept or I'm teaching a, a theory or an idea, um, I show it to them in a way that they can understand it. Now, it's important. I don't teach it by saying, this is just how it is, memorize it, do the problem. That's not the, that's not the way. The algebra is not true because I said so. I have, a, I have a degree in mathematics from UCLA. I'm an authority on this. I'm your teacher if you're taking algebra victory. And if I tell you this is how it is, that's not why it's that way. It's not that way because some book says so. It's true because the algebra is inherently true. It's absolutely true. It's true all by itself. And when the students get to that point, when I take them, my job is to get them to where they see that. I take them through a series of steps and then they go, oh, oh, wow, wow, I get it. That's cool. Wow. Then they own it. They own it because they understand the absolute truth in that concept. We do that hundreds of times in the course. And they're, what they're doing is they're building a sophisticated intellectual structure in their mind that they know is true, not because anyone told them it was true, but because they can see that it's true. And when they have that framework of reference in the math, then they look at other subjects and they start looking, well, wait a minute, why is this true? Someone said it was true, but is it really true? And then they start looking for reference points. And this is the development of critical thinking and independent thinking so that they can figure out what's true and what's not. Now, it's much harder. You look at politics or you look at, uh, uh, at, at biology even. These are much more complicated subjects than the mathematics. It's harder to know the truth, but the math is very pure and beautiful and they are able to see that clearly. And that gives them a reference point. Oh, I get it now. And they become much more solid. In fact, well, go ahead, tell, tell, me, your, tell me what your, I have so much to say. I don't want to, I don't want to monopolize the conversation here. Yeah, no worries. Um, from what it sounds like, obviously, uh, you know, algebra is very essential and it kind of introduces the concept of critical thinking into your brain because you, like you said, you're not learning it because, or you're not learning the solution because someone like a teacher told you that this is the right answer. No, there's a certain way of process uh, there's a certain process you have to go through to find the answer and that requires you to be able to think for yourself and critically think to the and, and, and then the and then you know it's then you know it's the right answer it's not the right yeah. answer because the teacher told you it was the answer in the back of the book it's the right answer because you know it's the right answer exactly 
So yeah, I definitely think that that is uh, essential for the most part. Do you believe that in terms of you know the critical thinking process? Do you think algebra is the best way to introduce the idea, or do you think there's other strategies that is either on par or at the very least is you know possible in terms of teaching students? Well, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure I know the answer. I know that algebra is a very, a very powerful way. Um, in terms of teaching other subjects, it's gonna be much more difficult to get that solid reference point. Uh, the mathematics is very pure and it's very uh, isolated from the real world. And yet it's very integrated into our spiritual awareness because actually, if I could just shift the subject slightly here, um, the, um, uh, one of the things I teach in Algebra Victory is the mysteries. There's a lot of mysteries. It's very fascinating. And when some students who are sensitive, not every student, will start to realize and experience that the divine God is actually in the math. It's actually there. And they may start to realize that the math is actually in them. It's, uh, mathematics is completely internal. It's completely subjective. There's nothing objective about it. Whereas science, there's a sharp line between mathematics and science and other subjects, because in science, you have to deal with objective reality, things that are out in the world outside of you and measuring them and observing them and counting them. And, and then you use mathematics and science to, to, to look for relationships and make predictions and calculations. The mathematics is completely pure. We use pencils and paper and computers and to, to teach it and to understand it and to work problems, but ultimately it's all subjective. So it's a beautiful place to learn that critical thinking. Other subjects, I think, I think it's good to, to learn many subjects. And I think that having the algebra in the mix enhances the other subjects. And I've had many students tell me this, oh, I'm thinking more clearly. Uh, in in my other in my other classes, because of what I'm learning in your algebra class, and so uh, it pays off all over the place. So even if even if someone, well, algebra is very important for the STEM fields, which is uh, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Uh, but even if a student decides not to go that direction and doesn't even take any more math classes after algebra or algebra victory. Uh, and they, they may never solve another equation or factor another polynomial for the rest of their life, but what they learned as they were learning to solve equations and learning to factor polynomials and all the other many, many things we do in Algebra Victory, it's developing their intellect. Their intellect is becoming more mature, and that stays with them. It's just that they don't use that more mature intellect to do more algebra problems, they're doing it to do whatever they're doing in their job and their work and their life and their activities. They're, they have become a more mature person. And part of that is that they have learned how to in, think independently and critically. Well, I guess I'm on the air here. So please go to algebravictory.org and learn about what we're doing. And we need your help. And so please go there, visit the website. There's seven things you can do to help to make this a reality. Uh, I can't do it by myself. Math education is a disaster. I know how to fix it, but I need your help to do that. 
So please visit algebravictory.org. And I guess we'll wait for Riddell to get back. All right. Sorry about that. Well, I, I just gave a little plug for my website while you were off. All right. Sounds good. Um, so one thing that you said that was very interesting that I haven't really heard in terms of like these ter two terminologies and correspondence with one another is math, algebra, and the word subjective. So I've never heard someone call math really subjective. So can you kind of explain what you mean by that? Well, subjective means what we are experiencing in our own mind, in our own being, in our own consciousness. We are we are the subject. It's 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 internal to us. And my son Jonathan is here, and he can he can uh, he's sitting here next to me. He's not on camera. He can help me with this. Whereas objective is things that are outside of us. We are the observer looking at things outside of us. We don't need to do that with mathematics. It's entirely subjective. You'll never find numbers in the real world. You you can you can measure things and 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 create invent units and, and you can say this is one thing and that's another thing but that is a subjective choice to measure in inches versus measuring in centimeters that's a subjective choice uh and the number of centimeters you'll have is going to be different from the number of inches you have so the in the the, the pure mathematical uh, component is is strictly something you will only find in in the mind and not in the world that makes sense. So it's, it's not an object. There is no such object in the world as the number one. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Riddell. It's a question I asked, I think, in lesson one. Uh, how many of the number five are there in the whole world? Well, every book in the library has a page five. There's a five on there. All right. And I, I have five fingers on this hand. I see your both of your hands I see have five fingers. A few people are missing fingers. Uh, you know, fives are all over the place. Um, in fact, if you go to another planet, there's going to be fives there as well. So the question is, what about the number five? Well, I can write a symbol uh, that looks like a five. I can write it like that. Um, or I could put five dots. Um, but those just represent the idea of the number. What about the number five itself? <clears throat> is number five on Earth different than the number five on Mars? Or is it the same number, is it the same five? So how many of the number five are there in the entire universe? What do you think? From what it sounds like, from my interpretation of what you said, is that in terms of the concept of math, it seems from my understanding, it seems pretty objective, but the value and the and our understanding and the the titles we put on math are the subjective interpretations. So that's kind of how I'm distinguishing the two in this situation. Because, um, but I definitely understand where you're coming from based on how you guys described it. Well, let let me answer the question. There's only one number five in the whole universe. Right. It's completely abstract. It's something that we know in our consciousness, in our mind, but it doesn't exist out there anywhere you can look at. You can look at examples of five things. Right. You can look at symbols that represent five. Every book yeah. in the library has a page five, and that five is a symbol that represents, oh, it's the first one, two, three, four, it's the fifth page. Um, 
But the actual number five is completely inside our mind. That's what I mean by when I say it's subjective. Uh, and yeah. the same thing, if, if someone is on Mars, your mind, let's compare you. What the, you have a concept of five in your mind, and I will tell you that it's the same thing that's in my mind. There's only one. We share it. It's part right. of our reality that we all share. And we share it with, you know, if there are people on other planets, we share it with them too. There's only one of them. We might have different ways to write it. We might have, you know, zillions of different examples of five things, but there's only one number five because that number five is completely subjective. The objective part is looking out and counting. Oh, here's five of these and five of those. And that's what we do in science. But in mathematics, just the number five is completely pure. It's completely inside ourselves. And absolutely everything I teach in Algebra Victory, uh, with the possible exception of some word problems, um, is completely subjective. We write stuff down, but you can do it in your head if you, if you have to. Whereas you cannot do chemistry in your head. You have to go out in the lab and manipulate things to do chemistry. But you, you can do math completely in your head. And so uh, this is a very interesting point because uh, scientists will be critical of other subjects. Like they'll, they'll be critical of certain subjects and say, oh, well, that's subjective. You need to be completely objective. Science is objective, so science is better. Well, there's nothing wrong with being subjective. And these people are actually being, these scientists are being kind of hypocritical because they do mathematics all day long. Their entire science rests on mathematics, and the mathematics is completely subjective. It's interesting. There was a Nobel Prize winner in physics um, named um, Brian Josephson. I spoke to him 40 years ago on the phone. I don't know if he's still alive. Uh, and he pointed this out to me. He said, you know, all of mathematics is subjective, and the scientists claim the only thing that's valuable is something that's objective, and not true. It's just not true. So being able to go into a subjective place and think critically is very important because in that subjective place you can draw you can draw conclusions and see things in a in a in a in a very sharp way that's not so obvious when you get out of the real world. Well, it's not quite so clear, but having that reference point of the mathematics that's sharp and clear is very useful. All right. I don't know if I answered your question. No, you definitely did. I understand the distinction that you're bringing out in this situation. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely get where you're coming from. So the next thing I want to ask is I always like to provide perspective on the topics that is being discussed, right? So in terms of teaching algebra and its impact on education more, and students more specifically, can you name the positives of the algebra and then can you name a negative of teaching algebra to kids? Well, the biggest negative is that very few people know how to do it. It's easy. If, you, if you're teaching the, the, the top, the 10, the, the mass mark 10%, they're much easier to teach. And teachers will say, well, yeah, smart kids are easier to teach because they're smart. But that's not my attitude. Then they get the average kids and, oh, well, they don't understand it. And, and so the negative is that the, the teachers will say, well, because I can't teach it to you, it's your fault. Uh, you're not studying. You didn't pay attention. You didn't read the book. You didn't do your homework. You're, you know, you're not focused. Uh, and by the way, you're not smart enough. And that's, to me, that's a cop-out. The, 
the problem is not that. The problem is that the teacher doesn't know how to teach it. Now, I'm not going to blame the teacher because no one taught them how to teach it. No one gave them the materials they needed to teach it. That's my job. I have completely redefined the curriculum and the whole way that it's presented and taught so that average kids can actually learn it. And so I'd like, there's some pictures on my website, algebravictory.org, of a mountain. We call it Algebra Mountain. And so the, it's a, like a steep cliff. And we say, you see these, these kids that are climbing up this cliff with an overhang. And uh, uh, you have to get to the top of the mountain in order to finish algebra. An algebra mountain, it, it, it's not going to move. It, it, it will only allow you up there if, if you have to. You have to understand the algebra. And the the mass mark ten percent. Those kids, they're climbers. They can climb up that mountain, but the average kids, the middle eighty percent, they can't. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they try. Sit in class. Pay attention. Try to. But they, they listen and they don't understand. Okay, listen to a lecture. They don't see what the teacher's doing. They try to do the problem. They can't do it. They read the book. The book makes no sense. Then they try again, and then they get a test, and they fail the test, and then they try again, and now we move on to the next subject. They don't understand the last part, and so it just gets worse. It spirals downward, and then the bad grades come, and all of this. And the one thing, the one thing that they learn is that to fear math. They do learn very well. The public schools, all the schools, are very effective at teaching the middle 80% to be afraid of math and understand they can't do math. Not in my classroom. Because what is required is a trail. We've built a trail up that mountain. And so the trail winds up the mountain. You can see a picture of it on the website. And now the kids can get up to the top of the mountain. They have to huff and puff. They have to work hard. It takes a year. It takes, you know, uh, well, there's 81 lessons in algebra victory. Got to get through it all. Got to work hard. But it pays off. They can do it if they're if they just do the work. And if they don't understand something, go back and do it again. That's okay. You can go at your own pace. So this is how we solve that problem that to get the algebra to finally be understandable. Um, and then what we'll do a little later, our like I said, our first launch will be for we'll be targeting homeschoolers because the students will be working on their own in Algebra Victory Online. But later on, Riddell, in uh, two or three years, we're going to build enough, two more versions of Algebra Victory. One of them will be a teacher training system where we train math teachers to teach Algebra Victory so that they can be successful in their classrooms instead of just throwing up their hands and say, oh, it's a student's fault that the, the student is, they're not studying or whatever. So they can actually get that middle 80% to learn it. Plus, with that, a student classroom version that the students will use in their classes. And then we can sell into the public school space, which is a gigantic market and a global market, and start turning out millions of kids in school who are having success with algebra. And, and, and you know, when they succeed, when they get, when they learn this stuff, it's, this is not trivial, it's, it's, it's hard. And they recognize it's hard and they realize, but they're making progress. It's like, wow, I did it. Look, I can do that problem. I did okay, now what's next? Let's take the next step on the trail. Wow, I, I can do that too. And they're growing, they're building self-confidence. Like, wow, look at, and, and, and their mind is expanding, their intellect is deepening, and they know that, they feel that they experience and they start to realize it when they're looking at other things in their life outside of the algebra. They're looking at them from a different perspective because they have become more mature, more confident, and more skillful in their minds. 
And so, and this goes on the way the, until they finally get to the final exam at the top of the mountain and they get through that and wow. So that is the, that's what we wanna do, not only with the homeschool kids who are just gonna be watching me, but with the classroom, the teachers. And we'll, we'll certify these teachers and they'll get continuing education credit for the, and become more, uh, then they'll get higher salaries for being able to teach algebra victory and we'll get parents to to pressure school boards all over the place to get algebra victory adopted we'll get big contracts we're going to make a lot of money is going to be coming in and and so a very serious business proposition here so i do hope your people will go to the website and learn more about it so uh anyway i don't know if i answered your question but i got going you got me going yeah no worries no worries all right, so kind of focusing on the kind of the, the reason why Algebra Victory kind of got started, I want to focus on the specific problem. Um, in terms of students in school and their lack of being a lack of ability of having the capability of critical thinking um, moving forward, and we mentioned a lot of the kind of, uh, you know, things that could potentially influence them, of course. Why do you think this has occurred in uh, this current generation? uh in terms of education and in terms of these uh students growing up well i i don't think it's anything particular to this generation other than there has been an, a very evil influence in education to destroy there they are intentionally trying to destroy education right now and so they are intentionally corrupting the math curriculum the common core and other things they're trying they want the kids to fail. I'm, when I say they, I'm talking about the evil forces that are running the world. And we quickly get into a political discussion here. But the reality is that even before all of that, it was a problem because no one knew how to teach algebra to average kids. It just, that's my, it, it's my, it's my invention. It's my life's work. And I know how to do it. I know what I'm doing. And uh, no average kid escapes my class without learning the algebra. So uh, that's what's going to happen with algebra victory. Um, now you went, you talked about. So so when I was growing up in the 60s, uh, I the math the way it was right then they had something called the new math, and I quickly figured out. Well, I became aware of my ability to teach when I was in 10th grade. I started tutoring. I started discovering that I was really gifted at teaching, and so. It's a long story. There's a, a whole bio of me on the website. You can uh, read all about that, about my life story. But, uh, and then I started to see, wait, looking at the math books, this is bad, this is bad. They're not doing this right. And I started figuring out other ways to do things. And when I was, then when I became a teacher, I started teaching my own way and writing my own curriculum, rejecting, I'm not gonna use anybody else's book because the books are garbage. And then the teachers follow the books because they don't know what else to do or they're forced to, and so it doesn't work. But the problem is old. The problem is old is because no one figured out how to teach algebra to average kids. The, and so this, this, is, this is a big change, it's gonna happen now. So I don't know if that answered your question, but there you go. All right, um, so in terms of algebra victory, what exactly, what are like your main bullet points of how algebra victory differentiates itself from teaching algebra in schools as of right now? Well, the, the schools are using existing curriculums, existing textbooks, teachers who have existing patterns of how they do things. And all of that doesn't work very well. 
it, it categorically fails to teach the middle 80%. It, it, it has been that way for 50 or 100 years. And so uh, my material is revolutionary, completely different. I teach the same stuff. I teach the same kinds of problems and also some problems that they don't teach, which I believe are important. But uh, it's a matter of how the teaching is done. It's not just what is taught, it's how it's taught, which is a subject which I call pedagogy. Pedagogy is a subject of how you teach, the subject of how do you teach, how do you prepare the materials and present the lessons and what problems do students do and all those things to make an effective, uh, an effective class, an effective course that students can, uh, can succeed at. So uh, uh, that's that's what it is and 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 so what they're doing out there now is just a status quo and people write new books um but the but the books i've never seen i have never never seen an algebra book that i liked other than my own uh and i've looked at lots of them and the teachers generally just teach by the book so it's a guaranteed disaster and that's not because because see if i were just to publish a book that wouldn't be good enough because you need to know how to teach it. There's so much involved, which is why I'm doing Algebra Victory. Okay. I do want to talk about arithmetic for just a minute, if I may. Uh, one second. So uh, in, in terms of uh, from what it sounds like, it seems that the 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 most important tool is the uh, way people teach. And that's probably something that everybody yes, can understand. Yes, 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 yes. And yes. it's not just style. It's it's not just, you know, their, their teachers have good personalities. They have all the good intentions. Some of the a wonderful, charming personality who really loves the kids, it gets up to teach the algebra, but they don't have the pedagogical tools. They're not using the right materials. And then they run into the same trouble. The kids might love the teacher. The teacher loves the kids, but it's ineffective with the average kids. And then the, these good teachers, they get they get frustrated by that. When they learn to teach, when they get certified to teach Algebra Victory, they're going to be thrilled. It's like, wow, this works. I want to teach Algebra Victory because it works, and the kids are learning, and they're loving it, and I'm loving it. That's what we want, and that's not what's going on in algebra classes today, except with the, 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 the mass bar 10%, and, but that's even admitting, getting harmed greatly by Common Core and other things. If I can okay. address that for a moment. Yeah, let Jonathan has something to say. I was uh, reading about uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago uh, one professor uh, uh, at UCLA who's um, written loads about the math education in um, grade school, and he he discusses uh, the issue of how in college, uh, in university, um, the, the the people who end up becoming uh, high school math teachers, algebra teachers, they learn college math they learn college math which is real math and and then they go on to teach textbook algebra because that's what they're given and they're supposed to teach you know this certain curriculum and teach by the book and what's in the textbook is not the same as the formal mathematics they learned in college and so they're they're trying to re they, they have to in, in a way reconcile uh, the formality of uh, you know real pure mathematics with uh, what they are supposed to teach kids in school, and it's and there's there's a, a serious gap there. It's a conflict. It puts these teachers in a bad place. Yeah. You know, when I I have a teaching credential, 
I have a degree in mathematics from UCLA, which took me four years. I have a minor in music, and I also took a lot of theater arts and uh, chemistry and physics as well. But then the fifth year, I graduated, and then I went for a fifth year to get my teaching credential because I wanted to teach in the public school, and you have to have that ticket. Uh, so I remember the very first day, and by that time, I had been tutoring. I was really good. I was really good at teaching. Um, and I knew it, uh, and I walked into this big lecture the first day, there were 500 people in this teacher credential program, and we're all in some big lecture hall. And all these students, these are young, young men and women, uh, more, more women than men, um, in their, you know, maybe 22, 23 years old, and all excited. Now we're going to learn how to be teachers. They want to be a teacher, and they are they're talking about, now we're in the teacher credential program. They're going to teach us how to be teachers. I overheard them saying this. Many people, I kept my mouth shut, I, and what I was thinking to myself, no, you're not. They're not going to teach you how to teach. They're going to waste your time. By the end of the year, there was so much disappointment and disillusionment. It was like, they never taught us how to teach. Now what are we going to do? And because the whole system is is a mess, um, especially with math. And so they need to be trained and they need to be given the right materials so that it all fits together. And when they when they get trained in algebra victory, they're going to love it. And the students are going to love it. Okay. But I need help. I need, you know, we want to, we want to, we want to resolve, fix this this mess. We've got math education, like I said, is a disaster. It's a multi-generational disaster. It's been a disaster for a long time. We need to fix it. I know how to fix it, but I need help. I need people to go to my website, algebravictory.org, and learn the seven ways that they can help. The seven ways you can help and uh, uh, learn all about it. It's very interesting. So um, anyway, where were we? I don't know. I just got I got carried away. Now come back to your your point, Riddell. Okay. Um. Yeah. No worries. For the most part, um, it's very fascinating considering the the disparity between teaching, learning how to teach, versus teaching the the public middle schools, elementary schools, high schools, and the problems there. That's definitely a systematic problem that should be fixed, and uh. Uh, efficient programs such as yours as it seems definitely could be a good gateway for these teachers or homeschools to find a more efficient program now well you know and Rhett, let me tell you something Riddell. we're successful with algebra victory it's going to open it's going to set a model for other subjects it's going to be wow you know when teachers really learn to teach and they're given the right materials they can really be successful and happy and fulfilled and it will be a great blessing to to our children and to our to the next generation and the generation after that. All right. So now I want to go through this from two perspectives: one from the student perspective, and then from the teacher slash curriculum perspective. Okay. First is the student perspective. So how would you approach a student? Because nowadays, in terms of math. It's generally, you know, negatively depicted. Not a lot of people like math. Not a lot of people think it's uh, even relevant to a certain extent, well, especially when you get to, like, calculus, for example. So 
a lot of people don't don't have no interest to even take algebra, and a lot of students, more specifically, have no interest in taking algebra. So, how do you approach these students and uh, really get them interested and show them the value of algebra and how that gateways to critical thinking that'll be beneficial for their future? Well, to get them interested in enrolling in class uh, with children, there's a certain element of well, you have to do it. It's not necessarily a choice. Um, yeah, you're going to have to learn spelling. You're going to have to learn reading. You're going to have to learn arithmetic. And oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. well, you need to do it anyway. Uh, you need to brush your teeth too. And you need to know how to uh, uh, change your clothes and these things. These are essential things. And if some kids resist and don't want to, they need to be pushed. So for algebra victory, they have to learn arithmetic first and they have to pass our admission exam in what's called basic arithmetic. But uh, once they get in and we get started and they start experiencing my teaching, they're gonna like it. So it's a little bit of like, you wanna get your friend to go see a movie, you think the movie's really great. And you say, you gotta see the movie, it's great. And your parents go, ah, I don't wanna go to a movie. You gotta push them a little bit, twist their arm and grab them. And then they go sit the movie and oh, wow, that was a great movie, I really liked it. But, uh, but how, you, how you get them motivated? Well, for homeschool, the parents, or the mom or the dad, or whoever's doing the homeschooling, because they were doing algebra victory. Now, a lot of kids will be excited about it. They'll watch videos of me. I'm going to have, we're going to do uh, many, we're going to continue doing uh, podcasts, but we're going to have uh, sample videos and marketing materials. We have videos of me teaching and addressing students who are not algebra victory students yet to motivate them, to get them interested. Okay, watch Mark. Watch this 10-minute video of Mark talking. And I'll talk about what they're going to learn and experience. And that'll get them interested. Um, a lot of kids, they don't like math because it's not, they don't even know. If someone, if someone doesn't like the math, usually they don't even know what it is. They've seen they've, what they've done is they've, they've approached it, they've looked at it, and they've had a bad experience. They had an experience which was upsetting, it was frightening, it was degrading. They got a bad grade. They were told they were stupid, or they were told negative things about themselves. Those are injuries to their emotional uh, state, and their uh, and they feel deflated by that. And of course, they don't like. Nobody wants to do that. You got to got to entice them by showing how interesting it is, and it is interesting. Um, there still may be some, ah, I don't want to learn it. That's okay. I don't care. So, uh, but but the school system for both homeschooling and the school system is going to direct students into algebra. And once they get into the class, you know, they're going to be fine. So uh, with a, we also, adults, adults can enroll in algebra victory too. Now they're going to have to be self-motivated. They're going to have to, oh, I want to learn algebra. Or I've had many adults come up to me when I talk about algebra victory and they say, well, I want to do it because I never understood algebra. Can I take the, yeah, absolutely, you can enroll it. So you go, go your own pace, you know? Um, but uh, to try to inspire people who haven't, it's like trying to get somebody to go to a movie, they haven't, you know, you, you, it's, it's delicate. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta try to persuade them. And, but with the parents, the parents are gonna make the decision. Nope, you're doing this, here we go. So uh, there, there you go. So I do wanna right. talk about arithmetic for, oh no, you had another point. Your, your other perspective was the, Teacher, what is your question about that? Yeah, so my my thing with the teacher slash curriculum is, how do you kind of similar question? How do you incentivize these teachers to fray from their current way of teaching and their current method to participate in algebra victory for the students? Well, that's a very interesting question. 
Okay, and the, the, there's going to be different different cases, different different strokes for different folks, if you will. Um, some teachers are going to see the success that we're having, and we will be marketing. We will be marketing to math teachers, and we will be telling them, do you want to be much more successful with your students? Come do this. Uh, but we will also be marketing to school districts. And to a certain extent, the districts can tell, they can instruct the teachers, this right now, what do they do? They say, this is the book, or the math department decides, or the school decides, or the district decides. This is the algebra book that we're using. And we've got old copies in the textbook room, and we're not going to buy new ones now. So this is the book you shall teach with. And it gets put down by edict. Well, the same thing can happen with algebra victory. They can be told, okay, well, but you can't do it till you get certified. By the way, if you get certified, you're going to get bigger salary because you're going to get continuing education credits. And teachers are going, well, well, that's good. I mean, a lot of these continuation the teachers take continuing education classes all the time to get their salary increments. And most of those classes, most of most of those classes are just a waste of time. Uh, they go sit through those classes, some gobbledygook, and then they get an increment in their salary. This one will actually help them, uh, and then they will be successful. So it's a combination of self-motivated teachers. Now, there's going to be the opposite problem, where a teacher goes and gets a certification and then has trouble with the school. I want to teach in my classroom. Well, yeah, we're not going to allow that yet, blah, 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 because they don't want to pay for the student software. The students are going to have to also have, uh, and we'll make that reasonable, but, but the school districts have money, and we'll make contracts with them so that they, uh, they can do it. And we'll put pressure from parents, and uh, uh, it'll happen. It's going to be a, a little bit of a rough road. It's going to be a wild ride. We'll see. But by golly, it's worth doing. The, the, the schools are already paying for software to for the students to do their homework online. And, and it's it's all garbage, of course. But they're, they already have all that set up for everything online. Right. So uh, I, I don't I, I you know, if we if we went back 30 years ago, when, I mean, even 40 years ago, when I was first thinking about this, I wrote a test program to teach one one thing about algebra, one hard thing, and it worked. Uh, it didn't have any video in it, but back in those days, kids didn't have computers at school. Most people didn't even have computers at home. So, but it's completely different now, and the video is available, and the internet's there. It's all positive. This is right. This is the perfect time for it. And homeschool is exploding, and so. Um, but we need help. We need people to go to algebravictory.org and see the seven ways that you can help make this a reality. Please, please go to the website. All right. So you said you wanted to dive into the uh, arithmetic part. Yeah, yeah. So arithmetic is before algebra, but the arithmetic has two parts. I call it basic arithmetic and advanced arithmetic. And so basic arithmetic is is whole numbers and how you do the operations, add, subtract, multiply, and divide, including long division and multiplying a two-digit number by a three-digit number, including memorizing the multiplication table. And so that's basic arithmetic. Advanced arithmetic is fractions and decimals. So uh, the, uh, the education establishment, uh, they recognized a long time ago, they knew, they've known for 50, 60 years that there's a big problem that the middle 80% don't learn algebra. They know, and they tried to solve that problem without understanding what the cause of the problem was. They created a course called pre-algebra in the 1970s, and they put that in between arithmetic and algebra. 
So kids finish arithmetic, then they do pre-algebra, and then they do algebra. So it's a one-year course in pre-algebra, and it was based on an incorrect understanding of the problem. That the thought that the problem was that students weren't ready for algebra, so they're going to get them ready by putting them in pre-algebra. No, that's not the problem. That's not why they were failing algebra. They were failing algebra because it was being badly taught. So putting a pre-algebra class in front and then continuing to badly teach algebra doesn't solve the problem. And so the, the pre-algebra experiment failed. And yet, did, they, did the government stop doing pre-algebra? No, it's 50 years later, they're still doing it. Um, but what I do uh, is I take, the, the kid, they have to do a basic algebra, a basic arithmetic. To start algebra victory, they have to take a test online in basic arithmetic. If they fail, they can take it again as many times as they want, although there's a time penalty. So um, then I teach fractions and decimals, the advanced arithmetic, inside algebra victory. So we cut out, the, the, they don't have to learn the advanced arithmetic first. I teach, they get to learn that from me. And pre-algebra just goes bye-bye. Goes we don't need pre-algebra at all. And so this saves a tremendous amount of time. I don't care if a kid's eight years old. If an eight-year-old knows how to do all the basic arithmetic and they can start, let's do algebra, go ahead. I don't care if someone is 80, 88 years old. If they can do the basic arithmetic, they can start uh, algebra victory. So that's what I wanted to say about arithmetic. But I will say this, there are many, many good ways to learn the basic arithmetic. There are good books out there. There's, there's things involving blocks and all kinds of things. A lot, and, and all of that is good. And, and uh, if you were to talk to uh, 100 people, you would find that the majority of them understand the basic arithmetic. They might not be very good at it. They might make mistakes. But they understand what addition is. They understand what multiplication is. They probably can do some multiplication problems, although they become reliant on calculators. But uh, ask them about algebra. No, not, not a, and most people will not understand. So uh, that's it on arithmetic. All right. Um, so uh, my final thing that I want to say before we start wrapping things up is for the most part, sure. um, what it, from what it sounds like, it does sound like a very efficient system and something that is worthwhile. When it comes to education, I've always had a very negative outlook of education um, because I do think that there are a lot of inefficiencies. And one good step forward for this. Well, well, I'll tell you, Riddell, Riddell, that's very generous of you. That's a very kind and lightweight, uh, barely negative comment that they're inefficient. I would put it differently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the most part, it, it, I, I like that. when it comes yeah. to like private institutions, they tend to do very well. They all there's a lot of like private colleges that have their own way of teaching that are efficient. And then there are students like the 10% that you were indicating that will succeed no matter what. So they'll do what they have to do. But for the most part, yeah, it's pretty bad and pretty inefficient for the most part. And programs such as yours are a good stepping, uh, stepping stone to making students nowadays much more capable, more so than uh, ever, especially with the increase of technology and all the tools we have. We should be able to increase our educational capacity, not decrease it from what it's absolutely, like. absolutely, and we must do that. And uh, not yeah. only must they learn algebra, they also have to learn about the U.S. Constitution. They need to learn about the legal system. They need to learn how the government works, and uh, 
that's another big subject that I'm going to be addressing later and after we get algebra victory successful. Yeah, for the most, there are other things that I would add to that, obviously, such as like financial uh, capability, tax. Oh, yeah, business. Absolutely. Yeah. And people have their inclinations on why the education system, most more specifically, the public education system is the way it is. And, uh, you know, people say that, you know, they're trying to teach you how to become a worker. So, you know, creating a more efficient system may not be in everybody's best interest. So, you know, you always have to work to make sure that you're trying to do the best for these students and the young generation moving forward. So and the, my final question for you is, what is your long-term ambition for the students who learn this algebra to do as they grow and evolve as people, as adults, as citizens, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I think that once they go through algebra victory, their, their lives are going to open up. And then geometry after that, there's another whole dimension of what we will teach in geometry to elevate their critical thinking skills. And then that will open up STEM fields for them. If they want to go into STEM fields, they can, they don't have to, or maybe they go partially into STEM or there's STEM elements in lots of fields now, even if it's not hardcore STEM. Um, and I, my, my vision is for us to have an enlightened society, a society where there's great prosperity and I think this planet can handle a very large population, uh, and with, but it requires technology and wise management. We have to get everybody fed, um, and, and we can have a really joyous, beautiful civilization globally. I want to see that, and that it is with that in mind that I'm doing the work. Uh, in fact, uh, Algebra Victory, is my, my company is called Educational Empowerment Corporation. And our goal, our large goal, is to uplift humanity and eliminate needless human suffering. And specifically, we're, we're doing that through teaching, and first of all, starting with algebra, then we'll do geometry, then we'll do basic arithmetic, and then we'll do advanced math courses, and then other courses as well. So education is crucial, because as children go through, you know, Confucius said, Confucius said, this is like uh, 500 BC, Confucius said, uh, uh, if your plan is for one year, plant rice. If your plan is for 10 years, plant trees. If your plan is for 100 years, educate children. So educating the children has a an enormous impact on the future because those children are gonna grow up, they're gonna become adults, they're gonna become parents, they're going to be they're going to be creating businesses, employing people, doing things that move the civilization forward. And we need to also be teaching values and ethics and morals to these people. The children need to learn how to respect each other and to see that not if they can be aware of the divinity that's in them uh, and see that it's in others. They need to learn to be kind to people and care about people and be loving and do things to help people rather than being selfish and greedy and 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 we need to we need to eliminate this violent uh and uh uh dangerous element there will always be some of that but it needs to be contained it needs to be not getting out of hand like it is it's going crazy right now so uh i think if we do that we're going to have an absolutely beautiful world uh, i don't know how long i will live to see it but I plan to live for many, many more years because I've still got a lot of work to do. 
anyway, I really appreciate you being here, and I appreciate uh, the, my, my, your viewers checking out the website, algebravictory.org. There are seven ways you can help me to fix the disaster in math education. Thank you, Riddell. Yeah, no problem. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I thought it was very interesting, very insightful, of course. Uh, make sure to check out the website, al algebravictory.org. Uh, rated five stars of the podcast if you enjoyed today's episode. Leave a review so you can be shouted out on today's episode as well. Uh, and, one, one thing, what, Riddell, right. one thing I just discovered yesterday, I think Google censored us. Because, you know, when, when there's too much positive energy in something, the, the people, the evil people want to stamp it down. So when you, if you go to algebravictory.org, type right into your address bar. Don't go through a search engine. Just, just type it in algebravictory.org, right in the address bar of your browser, and it'll come up. So uh, otherwise, God only knows what you're going to see. All right, excellent. So with that said, hope you guys enjoy. You all have a good one. Take care and peace.